Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing real estate, and today I want to talk about investing in Australia and New Zealand and exactly how you can position for those opportunities. My name is Peter Leung and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, invest, and develop properties all around the world. You've probably seen me on stages, videos, or on Instagram, working with serial entrepreneurs and investors. I'm also a private equity business and angel investor as well. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at I am Peter Leung. It's on Facebook and social media where I share ideas, videos, inspirations as I journey to intergenerational wealth. If you've got any questions, please email us at podcast at I'mPeterLeung.com. Today, I have the honor and the pleasure of having a powerful woman, Shali, on the show, specifically talking about the Australia, New Zealand market, which she specializes in. And I am looking forward to learning from her how, what her insights are and how she positions herself for the opportunities coming up. So, Shal, welcome to the show. Thanks, Peter. How are you? It's good to be here. I'm doing awesome. I'm looking forward to what you have to share because I'm not currently investing in Australia and I want to learn from you how we can deploy our capital and also where the opportunities are. So can you tell us, aside from a mother of two, a fantastic, um, you know, you, you have a great job. Why are you involved in real estate and how did you get started? Well, I got started in property because well, first when I started, um, I made a mistake. So I stopped for seven years. I thought, I'm never touching real estate again until I actually learned how to properly do prop real estate. And so I got back into it two years ago and we just um, went on a wild ride. We bought 10 deals in uh, under 12 months uh, with very little capital of our own. Put a couple of strategy, um, various strategy, buy and hold, flips development, so on and so forth. And so we've got really involved in the New Zealand Australian market. So you bought 10 deals, you got involved in 10 deals in 12 months. How did you do that? I mean, you did that with very little of your own money. How, how did you manage that? Well, I think it was just the pure passion I had. When I first got involved in real estate, I realized this is actually really fun. You get to be really creative. You get to build all sorts of different relationships. I would be on the phone three hours a day, building relationship, calling agents, and just finding the opportunity and what you could do with real estate. And so that was the initial drive. And when we got the first deal, the confidence soared and we just got deal after deal. I think we got four deals within a month um, of one another. And so real estate is like that. Some, when you don't expect it, it comes in a bulk and then you get a little bit of a dry patch and then it comes in the bulk again. So it reconfirms one thing. I mean, this is not your full-time work. You still have a full-time job um, and you have two young children. So obviously it's just how much time you spend on it. And, and you're able to put in time, just the extra time after hours, after work, after dishes, after dinner. Is that when you work on your business? Yeah, yeah. So initially, um, I was very lucky. I just got back to uh, work after maternity leave. So I had a little bit more time to be calling around people. Um, and then when I got busy, because I'm project manager, and uh, when projects start execution, that's when I get really um, tied up to the projects. And that's when my business partner, also my life partner, becomes the key person in the business because he's a very much operational person that he runs the day-to-day -day, um, to make sure the business is running correctly. And I'm more the strategic person looking at what we can do now, what we can do in the future. 
So it works out really well. That is awesome. So it reconfirms one thing. Women dominate the industry, dominate the economy, <laughs> and they're the best. So, I mean, I think women have more insight, more due diligence, they're more careful. And so that's why I think you are extremely awesome. So tell us about what the opportunity, I'm looking forward to learning from you. What's the opportunity with regards to Australia and New Zealand from your point of view? I mean, in terms of your strategy, can you share with us? Yeah, so we um, do. We started out, like I said, with a simple uh, fix and flip and um, single family cash flow. And then because I'm in the back mining background, and so I personally have been through construction phases, boom, especially in Queensland where you have you know, multiple companies competing at construction resources. And so when we started out in the area that in New Zealand, we realized there is a construction boom and what we can do is that we can go after the companies who are in need of short-term, when I say short-term medium, it's probably three to five years of accommodation. And that's going to not only drive up the rental price, but also drive up the housing price. And so we started to create a niche where we buy residential property, but we work with businesses. So initially it was construction business only, rented out to them, the whole house. We convert them into five, ten more than uh, or 12, 15 bedroom houses um, to house their worker. And then we thought, actually, we don't have to just house construction workers. We can house all type of, there are all type of seasonal workers around different areas um, that you can have a long-term uh, contract with. These type of tenants are great because they have much higher cash flow with the same residential property as if we were to rent to a family um, and it's a much better quality tenant um, and you have a long-term contract with them. So, so this is like a corporate let. So you buy a house and you're able to, you know, basically have, you know, renovate the, the, the property. So you have multiple rooms, 10, 15 of them, which is amazing. And then you're renting it to the company, one company, and, and they'll take the whole property. That's you right. get really good cash flow that way. Yep. That's right. So yes. your and main strategy is, is, is cash flowing. Correct. For building the long-term wealth. Okay. So it's, it's not about the short term that you're trying to do. It's, it's something long-term you believe in collecting of the rent, paying down the mortgage, and then from yeah. there basically building wealth that way in, in terms of cash flow. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So how, you know, in terms of, in terms of this, who, who can buy, I mean, like, I mean, Australia market, everybody hears about it. It's a, there's an investor, um, you know, savvy market. Do you, what type of opportunity is there for anybody else? Is, is it, is it, investor friendly or is it uh, foreigner friendly and and how can they reap the benefit of of learning about this market so australia has typically been uh, a very favored um for real estate locally so over 65 percent of wealth in australian economy is actually in property that is compared to 25 percent to 30 just under 30% in the United States and New Zealand is about 46%. And so Australians love their property. A lot of mom and pops um, have their super, uh, self-managed super fund um, in property and they rely on property for retirement. And that has driven um, in probably the last five years, a lot of overseas people. And it's a, it's a great place for migration mm. in particularly in Asia countries. So we had an influx of Asian um, investors, migrants. Um, that's what's been driving up the prices in 
you know, um, in Sydney and Melbourne and subsequently uh, Brisbane. But then because the property price went up, there was a restriction for foreign buyers that increased the stamp duty, made the lending harder, and that was to help to reduce the housing pressure, the pricing pressure in Australia. But now, because of what's happening with the virus um, and it's hitting the Australian and around the world, so you're going to see people, I've already seen, and so close to me, in 2008, 2013, um, yes, the economy was bad, but I never had it so close to me where I've seen people are dropping in rents, um, people losing their job and their investment properties not paying the rents. And in Sydney, I'm already seeing articles and um, news about people are dropping their rents $300 a week um, just to secure tenants, sometimes even half of the rent, two weeks free rent, all kinds of you know, um, strategy to keep the rents coming. And that's going to have a flow on effect to the investors and um, also people losing their job means that they're going to have a difficulty repaying their mortgage. But you won't see that until probably six months down the track because Australia and New Zealand has a very good support program from the government. So that will allow them um, to sustain a little bit longer. Right. So where do you see, where do you see, I mean, in terms of your property, um, you know, how are you, you know, hypothetically, how are you working with the tenants with this going on right now is there anything that you're doing different or is there you know is your strategy adjusted a little bit to adapt for the current situation yeah absolutely so i guess this is why diversity is a great um strategy to have, a great thing to have in your portfolio so in our portfolio we have some uh, multi-lets we have some students uh we have uh, social housing and so in this type of environment social housing is the best tenants to have you don't have to worry about them not paying rents because they will always be paying rent they probably get more from the government to help right. them rent. so they're probably the most stable cash flowing um tenants that we have um currently and we do have some tenants that we know they're um, uh, having issues Students not so bad because they they're always on the low wage and they they can get supports from their parents. So in right. that sense, that's good. If the workers definitely going to be impacted, and so what we did was we, we reached out to our um our clients, let's say, and business partners, uh, to offer you know if it's needed, then we're happy to reduce the rent for a period of time. Right. Okay. And we see how things go. Um, and we'll still be making, you know, at least we're covering our cost um, yeah. and it's helping each other out. And so you're building, strengthening that relationship. Right. That's very important because, you know, I've always said to a lot of, um, you know, people, my power team, right, that, you know, the tenant is our client. And a lot yeah. of time we tend to forget that, right? We're not really taking care of them. It's like, well, they're our tenant. And once they're in there, we don't really care about them that much. And that's the wrong way to go about it. So it, it's very important Absolutely. to actually provide. Like, mm. for example, I give them gift baskets. I know it's not a big deal, but, you know, when it comes Christmas. I do too. I give them biscuits. Yeah. yeah. Although, although I give them chocolate, my favorite chocolates. And all of them return an email and say, well, you just want to make us fat. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's those times that matter when, you know, you're building that relationship and building that relationship capital with your tenants. Yeah. They'll think twice not only about leaving, but they'll also, you know, give you a lot of consideration or give you a lot of feedback or even try to help you fix your property. Have you found that's that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what I was going to say. One of our properties, it was done very well. And one of the tenants, I actually reached out to her 
and she's actually looking after our property for us basically she makes sure people clean up after right. themselves make sure the rubbish are you know put in the right place nothing is lying around so that property is clean it's tidy it's you know the same condition as when we first refurbished it very cool so Michelle, how can you tell us in terms of when you're doing this Australian market or New Zealand doing these, you know, 15 bedrooms for a corporate rental, what type of figure are we talking about? Are we talking about a very expensive or very high capital intensity project or what type of numbers are we talking about hypothetically? It, it varies depending on the size of the company. Um, so, for example, one of the properties that we're looking at, the, the total investment is about uh, conservatively about 350k um, but we can go get the rent in the order of 900 to 1200 a week right well, that's so, a pretty good return it is it is and so that that was a great deal that's why um, you're always so, smiling see that's why you're always smiling for those who've got to get a chance to see this Xiao is always smiling that's because she makes so much money in rent right so <laughs> That's my name is, means smile. Yeah, there you go. I have to, I have to live up to my name. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, you know, because of that, where are you with COVID-19, with the current situation? Obviously, it's a global reset. It's, a, it's potentially, as you mentioned, a little bit of a reset in the Australian New Zealand market. What, is, what, what are you going to do six months, 18 months down the road? What are you anticipating and how are you going to want to capitalize on this investment? Uh, market yeah so we when we we've been watching the market very closely and we have a very good relationship with our property managers and our agents and those are the people who has close relationship of with people who are actively doing deals and so when we start hearing news about oh, people are losing money in share market and they've stopped buying this or they're looking to offload this and that we know the storm is coming for the property, how big or small the storm depends on how long this is going to last. But nevertheless, it's going to have an impact either way. So we we do have some small flips. So we were going to sell them anyway. But what we decided was that rather than um, having the anticipation of having a big profit, we cut down our profit, wanted to make sure that we get our capital back. So we are in the process of consolidating our cash position so that in six months time, three to six months time, uh, we are in a position to start buying again, as well as, because I think there, there's gonna be a great opportunities around in New Zealand in, and in Australia, particularly in New Zealand, because New Zealand, first of all, already has a better cash flow in terms of yield, right. in general, compared to Australia. Um, and New Zealand economy is on the rise, in comparison to Australia was on plateau or even you know slowing down and so with this goes over and New Zealand has acted really fast in um, to prevent the spread of coronavirus and in terms of support packages so on and so forth and so I think the rebound will be fairly quick um, and so we want to make sure that we are talking to a number of our partners money partners um, that we can work together to be ready for that kind of opportunity when it comes Right. So right now you're anticipating. So you're consolidating, you're, you're regenerating the leads, you're waiting for the opportunity to, um, to pounce. Uh, you know, can you just out of curiosity, what is that trigger point for you that you're going to be like, now is the time? 
Is there anything, you know, as, as from experience, is there a time that you'd be like, I'm ready to deploy this capital. I see this the right timing. Is there anything from a professional investor that you're seeing specifically? When is that point? Well, possibly not in terms of timing, but definitely probably will be waiting after the lockdowns lifted because that's when you're going to actually see the actual real, real effect start flowing um, into the market. But it'll be de deal deal per deal it'll be if the deal fits in our um investment criteria it's a great deal we'll start we'll act because we are already uh, making phone calls to agents with you know thinking about our marketing plan how we're going to generate leads um so it's really we're already starting the action of preparing for it and so if the deal makes sense obviously we'll be a lot more conservative now uh, during this period but if the deal makes sense number works then there really is no time as to three months, six months, whenever the deal comes. Right. So is there a number, like what makes a good deal for you? So in Brisbane, I would say um, if we can get a, a, on the single residential, like very typical, simple uh, single family home, 8% uh, to 10% gross um, is, is considered, I would say quite good because currently the average is about five to 6%. Mm -hmm. um, and then in New Zealand, I'll be looking at 10 to 12. Okay, this is after financing or before financing? Are you buying before it with, financing. Before, with, financing. before financing? So yeah. after financing, you're getting some pretty good rates. Yes, yeah. Well, otherwise we have to have some- um, yeah, That's why she's smiling again. And yeah, <laughs> and for my partner, we have to make money, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, that, that's why we're in, in, in business. We're helping a solution, but at the same time, we are looking for a financial return to build that passive income. And that's your, your core strategy. Sure. So, Shao, uh, that's been amazing. You wanted to share an uh, uh, insight with what's going on with the market. So is there anything that you, wanna, you want to finish off with to share with us how, you know, somebody who's potentially looking or potentially uh, interested in investing, what, what can they do? I mean, what, what type of advice can you provide for us? Well, I think the first thing is really um, be educated because a lot of people are scared and wanting to pull their funds out of real estate. And I'm seeing that with investors as well, um, particularly in commercial, probably not the best time to go into commercial um, now or in the six month time, but residential will always be there. And I would say in the medium uh, rent, um, pricing range so you know 350 to up to six seven hundred hundred dollars per week range that's where you're going to be safe because people are losing money and um, they will move down maybe some people in the IT industry that are doing well they might move up so the middle range is always going to be relatively safe and so that's where I'm looking at as well very cool that's very useful so I, I think that a lot of investors are curious as to what type of market whether high low medium to um, to enter the market, but you're saying the medium because, you know, you, there's more flexibility. People want to downsize. People want to, you know, find an opportunity. You, that's where your creme de la creme is going to be is in the mid market. Yes. Cause now people are panicking and they're selling, whether it's a great um, investment still or not. Um, so that's where you're going to be able to find great deal in, cause usually when it's good market, those medium market range is very hard to find a good deal. Right. So that's, that's what, that's your, that's your focus right now. That's your yeah. focus right now. Okay. Before we cap off and you mentioned one thing, I really want to pick your brain on this. You said a marketing plan. How are you marketing 
are anticipating on marketing coming up? What, what's, uh, can you give us a sneak peek? So I'll be looking at direct mailing. Um, that will be probably the main strategy in uh, contacting people um, and building relationship agents. And that, that's the usual, but direct mailing to, um, to potentially distress owners. That's your tip to pick up another 10. I got it. Okay. So thank you very much, Shao. I really appreciate you being on here. It's a pleasure. It's my honor. And I, I think women investors are so much more careful, so much more meticulous, but more importantly, they, they have dedication and we can see that from you here. Um, so if people want to get in contact with you, how can they get in contact with you, Shao? They can um, have my, uh, call me on my, you know, my number, my email, I can get that to you or um, just find me on my uh, social media, Facebook. Okay. So how do the, what's, what's your tag on social media? My tag. Yeah, like how, how do they find you on social media? They just Shao Li, so it's X-I-A-O-L-I? That's right. Yeah, okay. be, so yeah, that's my name. Hunt her down because she is, you're going to see big, big things coming out of her. I'm looking forward to working with her. So jump behind me after this cue. But uh, she is amazing. She is meticulous. She has a great family. And, you know, this dual, you know, husband and wife partnership also adds to the value of the, their commitment. So thank you for being on here, Shao. Once again, this is Investorpreneur Podcast. We appreciate you being on here. I am Peter Leo, and I am privileged to have Shao Lee on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you back after you solve the next 10 deals. We can already see it. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, you have a good one.